J.M. in the A.M. Assuming his uh, title has not changed, Jesse Baumel is the Director of Development and Public Relations for the Makar Chaim Institutions in Israel. Uh, from our vantage point, I'm assuming I'm accurate. Um, it is one of the fastest-growing educational institutions in Israel. Every time we turn around, there's another development regarding either their educational system or their actual campus, and there's plenty to update us about this morning here at JM in the AM. Yossi Baumel, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. It's an honor to be here physically in your new studio. Thank you. Uh, lots of luck to you. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'm not good on the phone. Despite my business that I do, I'm not so great on the phone, so I'd like to be here. And personally, wish you a Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Thanks, great. thanks for all you do. Really. I appreciate that. And thank you for a, a, a wonderful experience half a year ago, believe it or not. Really? Well, it was Pesach. It was Shabbos Agadol. Wow. Half a year ago, we were together uh, for what was a Siegel family tour with Yossi Balmo in celebration of Tamima and Yoshua's weddings. And we ended up with Shever Brachos and Efrat, which was an episode in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, and I understand that we must have influenced them because they're both teachers, right? They're both Yoshua teachers. and Tamima are both teachers, right? Correct, starting the school year this week um, as we speak. So anyway, Baruch Hashem, that was a wonderful trip. And in general, I think of you often because as Israel has gone through all the stuff they've gone through over the last few months, I say to myself, boy, it would be good to have you in front of me and schmooze about some of these things. First of all, you do have a, a knack of talking me off the ledge when I think like this is the end that they'll never there's no hope for the Jewish future you do have a knack of saying wait a second historic in historical perspective we've had worse than this don't worry you know that type of thing so let's do that let's do that is right are, are the brothers and sisters in Israel remaining brotherly and sisterly? So let me show, with share with you a Kabbalistic idea let's hear when it. God created Adam he was face he was one body Eve was facing away from him on one side and he was facing the other side and God split them down the middle. And if you notice, the human body, all the different features are on the front of the body, not on the back. The right. back, they're identical because God split this bisexual... This is a real Kabbalistic... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's wow. called Nasira. And the idea is that sometimes you need to chop something in half so that because even though they're one body, they're facing in two different directions and they need to be turned around so they can re reunite facing each other. That's the idea of Nasira. And this explains a lot of things. For example, does it fit with the Pesukim, by the way? It fits in with the Pesukim? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's a rib. But, uh, no, right. it's not a rib. Rib what is, is a Christian. Tzela means one side. Really? Yes, yes. In Hebrew, when you talk about geometry, one side of a, of a square or a pentagon, one straight line, that's a tzela. So an elementary school kid in Israel knows that no tzela is a side and not a rib. It's also a rib, but that's a side. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so this explains a lot of things that happen in the world. For example, I think I saw people bring it about Purim. The Jewish people distancing themselves from God, and it was so that they can reunite with God in a new way and then move back to Israel and build the second Mikdash. And there the Pesukim bear that out. Yeah, and this also explains generation gaps or kids who rebel against their parents. At a certain stage, they need to cut loose from their parents 
define themselves as, as their own human beings. And once they've defined themselves, they can turn around and reunite with their parents. So this is the idea. So basically, I don't know the answers to the question, but right now the Jewish people are one body that are facing two different directions. And God needs to split us down the middle so that we can find ourselves and reunite all our values together uh, going forward. And that will happen at some point. Of course it will happen. All the prophecies of our, of our prophets have come true already. This one will come true too. Well, like I said, okay. you, have, you have this amazing ability. That's what they pay me the big bucks here. <laughs> Were you at all, I don't know, saddened, nervous, worried as all this was happening with the judicial reform protests and the anger that seemed to really be permeating the country? It, 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 it troubles me very much. I find like a few years ago with the Trump mania and still going on here in the, in the States, people don't know how to talk to each other. People are... are, are uh, this, I mean, I have my opinions about this, and you know, let's, as as Robert Dov Singer says, let's separate between the content and the style. Right. The style is that we have to reach out and love everybody. The content, is, if you're right, you're right. You're right. And I, you know, I, I can't explain it, but we don't know how to talk to each other anymore. The truth is that Makor Chaim, among the many very different projects that we're, we run, we're now in negotiations with the Museum of Tolerance in Jerusalem right. to open up a thing called Tashma uh, here and now, which uh, which is a way of teaching people. Not, it's not a religious thing, it's, but it's because of the skills that we've learned over the years that we're teaching in schools in the United States now about communication to t teach people, couples, how to talk to each other, to teach friends how to talk to each other. We usually use our voices to be violent and to attack, and the idea is to be able to listen with our voices. Well, social media doesn't help because yeah. you know, okay. when an unidentified you know person just decides to... You know, shame you. Yeah, yeah on, on social media, there's, you know, yeah. the face to face encounter is much better. Back to your original point. Also, Rabbi Steinzaltz, with, you know, Makar Chaim's founder, Rabbi Steinzaltz of Blessed Memory, I would imagine that he, this was him. This was, he knew how to, you know, how to present himself to others and, and to disagree, but in a respectful manner. It's interesting you're saying that, but the truth is that Rabbi Steinzaltz was a very challenging personality. And he did it on purpose. He would come to the yeshiva and he would harass the teachers and he would try to get them out of their comfort zone and get them to be better by being cynical and being good. At, and but that's whatever. different than yeah. knowing how to act toward one no, another. Yeah, okay. No, and, and this is some look. This is we 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 apply a lot of the principles of Hasidut in order to right. people to learn how to get along with each other, and he was the best at that. Oh, okay, there you go. All right, Yossi Balmos here. So now, I mentioned on the air that um, that one of the hallmark events of Makar Chaim was the Hachnas Sefer Torah, and the reason this was so significant is because you actually moved from the old campus to the new campus, and that's how you celebrated the move, Yeah, okay, right? so you saw on social yeah, media that we moved in, yeah, the, with our Sifrei Torah, but yeah. the truth is that, that that was like a sort of an internal event. It wasn't a mass event. We have, we have a lot of events. For example, we had Sunday night in Ain't Park En Yael in Yushalayim. We had about 700 people came to our annual Tefillah uh, uh, conference where people, you know how in Yeshiva they say there's people who learn, there's people that talk about learning. Everybody <laughs> yeah. talks about davening, but nobody practices the actual davening and what we do is we bring musicians we bring people to speak and we get uh, people break up into like the 10 15 different smaller groups we had Jude and michelle uh, run one of the one of the when was this uh sunday this past sunday night wow. and uh and then everybody gets together we had a shite sabari and uh, other musicians it's a very very special beautiful uh, event
content. And, it's, and people learn how to express themselves by shouting. And that was open to the public? But, and that was, uh, yeah, we sold tickets. We had about 700 people bought tickets. No, I thought it might be like a yeshiva academic thing. No, no, no. This is, we have non-religious people who come to this, people who want to learn how to, uh, Rav Dolph Singer says that we shouldn't call them ho- us, ourselves homo sapiens, but rather homo hispalalus. In other words, there are people who are not religious who have a basic desire to, to, to shout out and pray to God, even though they may not keep anything. It's like, you know, the old thing about there are no atheists in a foxhole. Right. People have this instinct to daven, and we learn how to, we know how to develop that and to be, practice it. That's right. what the, his book uh, called uh, Prepare Your Prayer is all about practicing different uh, methods, recipes of learning how to connect to Hashem. Well, you daven this morning, I assume, somewhere in New Jersey. That's what I'm assuming. Or New York. I don't know where you're staying. right? I'm, you don't have to mention where, and I'll tell you I why. Daven, but are you sure? Where I else know, can I find a million mignon in one of these? But I, I didn't want you to mention where because of my point. Uh, in general, I mean, I know you've been in Israel a long time, but in general, don't you feel that tefillah is different there on a daily basis than it is here or not? No way. Seriously? Same exact thing. Really? Yeah, half an hour for chakras. Duck, 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 no, duck, but, duck. I'm, but I'm saying that there isn't, it's not taken more seriously there? Maybe yeah. not. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, look, depends who, depends where. Right. If you go to some yeshiva over here, it's taken right, seriously also. It's, I'd say more or less the, it's the same kind of thing. But people for, on Shabbos, when you have time to breathe, uh, and uh, when you get a chance to, to like, sit quietly before you dive in it's a it's a different thing you know so like you know i've, I've changed where i dive in in, in a front now because i go to a dafi yomi and it ends 15 minutes before the next minion so i have 15 minutes to sit there so i'm right. saying all the he rotsons that i never said before on right. fillin and talus or whatever but the idea is there is there there is a, there's a tremendous movement in israel of learning how to be mindful in your davening, which is called kavana. But right. now the modern, you know, new wave terminology, it's called being mindful. Uh, but uh, so there, yeah, but we're all human beings. We all yeah, got to get to work in the morning. So and everybody's davening. So qualify, it was very will, nice. It was no, it was just as nice in B'nai Yishun as it was so in my minion in So I will qualify what I said. It's a personal experience. And if someone works on it here or there, they can enhance their tefillah by incorporating certain Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah, and we teach this in elementary school schools in Israel. We teach this in our teacher training program here in the United States, uh, and we do this uh, uh, all over. This is uh, Rav Dov always complains that uh, he, his business is teaching people how to daven. He says only the poor people know how to, want to know how to daven. The rich people don't have time to daven or, or need to daven, you know. <laughs> so uh, what can you do? If only they realize. But after eight years, we finally did it. We built our campus. We built the minimum needed to move over from Why Karachin. has this been such a success? Because it does seem to us here on this side of the world that you know yeshiva's open high school's open etc and you know there's there's a there's a pace of growth it does seem to us unless you're doing just a great job at pr it does seem that this has been really accelerating so l- l- let me share with you something that if you read the local newspapers this week and they wrote an article about meeting this, here here in in new jersey in the five towns um and this is something Mati Dan from Atherit Kwanim told me many years ago. He said, God curses the important organizations. He says, if a rabbi has nothing to teach the world, he'll sit in the corner with 10 guys and no one will ever hear of him. But if Hashem sees there's somebody who needs to bring his Torah to the world, he cr- sends him a financial challenge. He has to close the Gemara. He has to go out and raise money. And all of a sudden, people discover all over the world what he's doing. This is exactly what happened over here. We started building eight years ago the camp when I came on to Makor Chaim and 
I could no one knew who Rav Dov Singer was here in the United States in those days. I had so he, and he said to me, he said to me, we can't take from American Jews before we give to them. We need to do a pilot project. We did a pilot project in Cleveland in Futsal Mizrahi, we wanted a small community, which succeeded. And then Rabbi Yehuda Channels, who was there, moved to Teaneck. And all of a sudden we now have uh, uh, teacher training programs and this is funded. We don't raise money so far for this. It's funded by the Mayberg Foundation and the uh, United Foundation. We have teacher training programs running in 14 North American schools and one in England so far. We hope to expand in England as well also and Australia. Some in this area? And it's all because we had a build, we needed money. So so as uh, Rabbi Singer's wife, uh, Iris, told him, she said, you're not traveling to America and teaching Torah there to raise money. You're raising money so that you should te- have to teach Torah in America. And uh, although he doesn't come that often, but by because of Corona and because of uh, uh, of Zoom and all this other stuff, and also because his son is coming here a lot, uh, Yishai Singer, who runs the Lefnayv and Lefnim program in the United in, in Israel, and together with Rabbi Yehuda Channelis, they've been running the program here uh, in the United States, and it's just just booming. It's Does it booming. include schools in this area? Sure, Mayanot, for example, is right uh, down the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember the list offhand. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. But, but, just, uh, but there are but, schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have SAR. We have even ad- people. People have gone through two or three years already, and we have an advanced manchim uh, 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 program for them. Also, and this we, is we'll be thanking them all in in, in ads in the paper this week. And this, this is weekend. all on the teachers' level. But don't you also bring high school students to Israel? Yeah, we do have a lot of other programs. Yeah. So one of the things we do is when we have an exchange program with MTA, uh, and uh, a lot of the kids come in Aliyah. I know kids for two, three years ago from uh, the Upper East Side uh, just got on a plane who was in our program about, I think it was five years ago already, and he's going on Aliyah and a lot of these kids come on Aliyah after the, our MTA kids who come to stay with us for six weeks in Mekor Chaim and this year's group will be very happy to see that they have brand new dormitories <laughs> and they don't have to walk through the mud to get to the dormitory room and the truth is everything is not working 100% just yesterday. Hey, it's day one I mean come on. We had to move in before it was really ready right. uh, so it's, it's an, uh, a work in progress but Are there any families from the United States who publicly are being acknowledged for helping with that dorm or, or for the campus in general? Like have people been generous? Yes, yeah, so we're having we're having two events over Holomoid Sukkot. One is Monday night of Sukkot, we're having a Hanukkah Abayit where we will be recognizing our donors, uh, and and uh, and just in general, the public will come to rejoice in the in the new campus. Uh, that's on Monday night during Holomoid, October second. Uh, and on Thursday morning, we're having Shlomo Katz, Rabbi Shlomo Katz uh, and Rodolf Singer at the Great Synagogue for our annual uh, musical um, uh, Holomoid Davening, which attracts about a thousand people and including many musical instruments. It's like really an unbelievable experience. That's the day before Hoshana Rabbah. That's the day before Hoshana Rabbah. Thursday morning during Cholomoyed at 7.15. If you want to come to do the meditation before davening or 8 o'clock or, or 7.30, we start the davening. Shlomo Katz will be doing it. We did it... Uh, almost every year over the last few years it's an unbelievable experience people who have been there it's like the, it's packed the every seat is taken almost the ladies and the men and it's just beautiful 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 davening really something special so that's so Thursday. those are the two events we're having during <laughs> Cholomoyed uh, and uh, everybody's invited to come join us I know a lot of people come to Israel for oh Sukkot. are you kidding from this audience you'll have a lot of people in Israel for Sukkot you'll have a lot of people staying on that block frankly <laughs> in Israel for Sukkot yeah. so those of you who want to go to the Jerusalem Great Synagogue it's Thursday Cholomoyed and how do they make do they have to make reservations no or? no just come literally first come 
come for a search? No charge. So there's standing room only to standing well, room okay, only? Well, okay, I'm exaggerating. There were a few empty seats. Don't right. worry. Don't worry. So they'll no. get in. Yeah, but this uh, it was really unbelievable. We had uh, I thought I know Aaron Rizal do it uh, nice. last time. and uh, I thought uh, I know everything Yitzhak that goes Meir. on. I thought I know everything that goes on Cholamoid in Israel. It turns out that there's so many events. There's so much happening. It's true. It's it's a lot. You know, it used to be that was the, you know, there was a day in Hebron right. you know, that everybody would go to. Uh, and and also Shana Rabba, which I still right. go every year to, to, to Hebron. Oh, Hebron. To go to Hebron every Shana Rabba in the morning. Uh, but now there's concerts. Right. There's uh, United Hatzola. So many and, activities. And, and, oh, there's Baruch Hashem. I think there was even a great synagogue thing, Cholamoid Pesach. When we were there, Pesach just now. Yeah. There was something in. Yeah, we do it all on Pesach also. Oh, it was you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 (laughs) You probably invited me. (laughs) Well, not everybody reads the emails on the WhatsApp. That was a a Shachris also, right? It was a Shachris, like a Hallel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Musical Hallel. Very cool. Jesse Baumel's here visiting us. From Israel. All right, so first of all, how do people get information if they want to help support the yeshiva? Makorchayim.org, M-A-K-O-R-C-H-A-I-M. I just updated the website last night with all kinds of new pictures and stuff. And is there, uh, I mean, and, I assume there's specific dedications you're still looking for. I mean, ab- absolutely. There's a lot of stuff to be dedicated. Uh, we still, uh, we raised altogether 55, 54 million shekel out of 55 million shekel that we needed to build the campus. About half came from the government and half came from private donors wow. uh, in England. England, in the United States, and in Israel, uh, and uh, we're still we still owe the contractors money for this first stage. And if you look at the pictures, you'll see there's like 14 caravans that were newly put up next to our our build our four buildings there because we didn't build enough. Uh, dormitory space or staff residence space, and we had that, those those caravans. There are a monument to my failure, <laughs> but we're hoping to continue building. Uh, that we need two more dormitories and some staff uh, housing. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, we have the caravans, and uh, we people. A lot of people ask, you know, I. Uh, um, I reached age 70 this summer. Everybody thought I was retiring uh, because love. we're moving into the new campus. And years ago, I said, I ain't moving until my name is on the door in the new campus. I, I ain't leaving until my door's on, na- name is on the door in the new campus. But there's a lot more to do. And I, I'm really excited, not only for the building projects that we have to continue doing, but also for the uh, educational projects that are literally uh, spreading all over the world. You don't seem like you're 70. Isn't that funny? Yeah, well... You don't uh, feel 70, no listen, way. I, 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 I spent my life uh, c- connecting American Jews to Torah and Eretz Israel. Those are the two things, every place that I worked for, and it keeps me young. You know, I got to keep moving, keep running. What can you do? But in also, your case... Also, I have over 30 grandchildren who live within spitting distance, well, not spitting, but, you know, within a uh, 45-minute drive from my house, and many of them are closer, so they keep me on my toes, especially since we put in an above-ground pool in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny this summer. No one came to us for Shabbos all summer, but during the week, they were there all week long. <laughs> and there was some hot weather in Israel during this summer. So. Well, it was a really hot summer, yeah. To say the least. And and what's happening, you know, we're about to hit the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. And uh, obviously, the area in which you live was a very sensitive area during the Six-Day War, right? Six-Day War is when right. the Kush was taken. So, you know, and, and I'm sure when the Yom Kippur War broke out. Liberated. And there it's literally liberated because we lived there before. And I would imagine that if uh, that when the Yom Kippur War happened six years later, people in that area, just like, frankly, people... 
you know, in northern Jerusalem where the old Jordan border was, were also probably pretty nervous. Just, you know, it was a, just in the in the framework of time. You're talking about, you know, a war taking place when, you know, it, it just recently, just within a few years, it was a hotbed of activity right there. Uh, and now you look at the Gush 50 years later, right, from the Yom Kippur War, 56 years from the, from the Six-Day War. And it's like, it's a completely different world. I mean, obviously it's a completely different world, but I mean, it, it would be hard for even you, who's been living there so many decades, to describe the growth, the expansion, the vibrant uh, neighborhoods that are now there. And they, as you told me off the air before this show, they just keep growing and growing. Actually, uh, I remember about 20 years ago, we celebrated the first elevator in Gush Etzion, or 30 years ago, you know, and, uh. and now it's like... Uh, it's just unbelievable. I, I remember when I was working in Steyrot, I would drive from Gush Etzion to Steyrot uh, over an hour drive. I wouldn't hit a traffic jam. I wouldn't hit a traffic light in the Negev. It was all quiet. I would, if I would ever come back early to the Gush Etzion area, like four or five in the in the afternoon, I'd get stuck in traffic. I'd be in the Gush Etzion intersection. That's where I get stuck right. in traffic. The place is growing like crazy, Baruch Hashem, and uh, it's and on so many levels. Uh, and also Hebron, Kiryat Arba, Yushalayim, it's all growing, uh, and also it just there's no there's no end to the building. Wherever you go, every time I go to Yushalayim, I see oh there's a new building, and I don't remember that building being there or our road that they've been working on for the last five years, uh, try, you know, uh, expanding it to a four lane highway. Uh, who dreamed of such things, you know? And uh, they're talking about a train already to to the area. It's more politically uh, sensitive, but uh, they're talking about it, you know. So it's uh, it's great, Baruch Hashem. All the prophecies that we've been reading over the last few weeks, every single one, they're coming true one by one by one. Uh, I know somebody asked by uh, Mordechai Elio years ago about. Uh, the the troubles that we're going through, he said, all the bad prophecies about bad things happening, Muhammad Gog and Magog, and the Hevli Mashiach, all that's in the past. Now there's only the good stuff going forward. Not 100% true. There's still a little darkness mixed with the light, but uh, all in all, it's. Uh, I just met somebody in Shul who told me, man, you were smart. You moved there now. You have nine kids living near you, uh, all uh, supporting themselves and living in Israel. I married off my last, uh, my nine children, This uh, my last two of them this, this past year. And uh, Baruch Hashem, life is wonderful. What year did you move? To Efrat, I moved in 1983. With Rabbi Riskin, 1983? Before Rabbi Riskin. Wow. I was there before he came in the summer, we came in May. Uh, to Efrat, and... Uh, Where, are, are you leaving, uh, are you leaving tonight? To go back? No, 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 no. I'm going to be here. here. I'm, I'm going to be here for Shabbat. So, are you going to be uh, anywhere particular Saturday night for Slichot, or uh, I wonder if you're going back to your old neighborhood? To, Why? Are, are, where? Am I right? You grew up in Borough Park. Or I'll not? tell you. I have a meeting Sunday. I grew up in Borough Park. Right. So big night Slichos in, in Young Israel Bethel, no? I would assume. Uh, oh, I, I, would, mean, I would guess. Uh, Rabbi Moshe Snow still there? I would guess. I don't know. I mean, I would assume it's a big. You know, night. I know him from. We worked in a bungalow colony the summer after we got married. That's when I met Rabbi Snow. And as a kid, my father used to take me occasionally to hear the 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 chazanim in Barapak. No, but I have a meeting Sunday morning here in Teaneck, so I'll be in Teaneck over the weekend. I will with and I'll be staying with Yerucham uh, Rosenberg. Oh, our great friend. Uh, yeah, from one one of the uh, exiles from the Lower East Side. Correct. 
Yeah, and, uh, and that's it. I, oh, that's I, why you think everyone from there is moving to Tina. <laughs> I was wondering why you thought that. <laughs> I wanted to speak over the shops. I wanted to give a shear on this week's parasha about, uh, I gave a shear to Satmar Hasidim before Yom Atzmaut about five years ago about Mashiach ben Yosef. Where now, was it? Where was the It shir? was in a place called the Stiebel in, in, in Williamsburg. They invited I have, you. I have pictures. I have pictures. I can prove it. You know, yeah, they invited you. Yeah. So it's a very interesting shear about this week's parasha and how the stages of redemption are detailed. People think tshuva means that you have to, you have to hit your Pop heart. Thing, yeah. But if you look at, listen to this week's parsha, every stage is about the return to Eretz Yisrael. You return to your heart. You return to your land. You return to over that. Just look, pay attention to parsha. It's been this week when they read it. You'll see. And it's not only that. It's the stages are delineated in gathering of the exiles, economic uh, and agricultural success, military success. It's all there. And I have a very interesting share about uh, whether or not Mashiach ben Yosef has to die and whether Mashiach is a prophet or a person. Very interesting ideas. But I forgot that it's the Shabbos before Slichas, and, and there's no way you can stick yourself in, even with weeks in advance, to speak anywhere. So I'm going to have a nice, quiet Shabbos uh, here in Teaneck. Um, someone was just telling me the other day about uh, uh, the comparison of the time that we're into Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. Hey, Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim is a model for other periods of time in Jewish history. And of course, we know in Yitzhak Mitzrayim that a percent... It says, I will show you miracles the way, the same way that I did in the time of Egypt. But you want to know something? Yeah. I always think about this. If you, if we were Jews living in Egypt at the time, and we saw the river turn red, we'd say, ah, oh, there's some kind of mineral, Correct. and the frogs, Correct. and we would explain everything Correct. away as being natural Correct. things. And so too, in our time, all the miracles, the literal miracles Correct. of the Jews returning to the land of 2,000 years, we explain with Correct. all kinds of logic. Uh, or illogical ways, <laughs> but uh, uh, it is a saying uh, that we, uh, the the person who has a miracle happen doesn't understand that it's a miracle. What can yeah. you do? So you'll recall that a certain percentage of Jews did not leave Egypt, right? Don't we say that? Oh. Uh, isn't Hamushim? Don't we say that uh, yes. a, a, a large so percentage? So the Gemara on uh, Aleph in. Sufis, I assume. No. Oh, no? I don't remember. The only Kufiyot Alpha area here. I remember Kufiyot Alpha, but it says over there, it says, one third of the Jewish people will not make it to Eretz Yisrael, as opposed to 80%, only one third. Right? Look at the Rashi. All right, so whatever it was. Whether, uh, yeah. A, a percentage. Yeah, and again, Rabbi Mordechai and others said that's what happened during the Holocaust. It's it's over. It's done with already. Everybody can come to Eretz Yisrael today. No one's going to be left. No Jew shall be left behind, as Mordechai Ben David said. Well, Avram Fried. But Avram Fried, I'm sorry. So, you, you so, know the music I really the like. Umbro, please. <laughs> so if 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 one would suggest that um, if Mashiach would arrive today, whatever that means, right? We could debate from today till tomorrow what that means according to different postgames, according to different Torah giants, what that means if Mashiach comes. Wouldn't wouldn't it be uh, wouldn't if we're following the model of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, shouldn't we assume that there'll be a percentage of Jews that will decide not to go to Israel under those circumstances, or we shouldn't make that assumption? This is an interesting question, which I haven't researched thoroughly, but it's not impossible to imagine that Israel be the center of the Jewish people, Correct. and the majority of the Jews will live in Israel, Correct. and we'll have a base of Migdash even, Correct. and some people will uh. have to live outside as they did in all times when, when things were good for the Jews during the first temple period, during the second temple period, there were always, and the second temple period is really not a good example right. because only 40,000 Jews came yeah. back uh, originally. Or, but, or as happens at the Pesach Seder, when Mendel is sitting there screaming L'Shadah Bab Yerushalayim, his wife's in the kitchen saying, Mendel, not so loud, we just read <laughs> in the kitchen. I mean, come on. <laughs>
I had this debate with somebody who's under the impression that automatically Jews are going to have this desire to go to Israel when Mashiach arrives, and I don't think that's the. I just don't think naturally that would be the case at all. I think there'll be plenty of people who will reject the notion yeah. of going even after the. Uh, you know, so, something I've learned from the writings of the founder of religious Zionism, the Vilna Gaon, uh, uh, is basically that everything happens in a natural fashion, right. and we have to stop looking at it in a miraculous fashion. Right. But it, it is a miracle, but it right. happens. In, in natural means and I don't know I don't know the answer to your question it could be that all the Jews will have to live in Israel it could right. be not I'm not sure right. but uh, let's hope we hope let's we, hope we find out soon let's hope we have that problem <laughs> alright um, most importantly because now it is almost as we said Rosh Hashanah right Slichus for the Ashkenazi community this coming Sunday morning most importantly there are people in this audience who are going to be visiting Israel for Yom Kippur and Sukkot in fact someone said to me yesterday I said you're going for Sukkot he goes no no first I'm going for Yom Kippur I would not miss Yom Kippur in Israel and then of course after that I'm heading to uh, I'm going to be staying in Yerushalayim for Sukkot so now you have a long Cholomoid some people some people who are visiting Israel, will have Cholomite from Sunday through Friday, right? Sunday, the second day of Sukkot through Friday. Mm. And then, of course, others will be observing Yontif on the second day of, of Sukkot. But that's a debate we don't have to have right now on the air, whether they're being Parish Minat Sibor when they do that or not. We don't have to go into that right now. There are plenty of other people who address that issue. But, but, yes, Yvonne. Look, I, 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 I can tell you that Rav Avram, the Rav Avadi Yosef said, That's right. The intention to leave Israel has no halachic standing, so you can keep only one day. However, most of the postkim, especially the Ashkenazi postkim, do not agree. And uh, Unless they listen to Rav Pesach Frank, or if, they're, if they are a Talmud of a postkim who's very concerned about someone not putting on tefillin on Simchas Torah. Which is a okay. mitzvah, which let's is a not go into this. I don't want to offend anybody no, in your saying. audience. No, you're yeah. not offending anybody. It's a, it's I need people to know that there's other that there are different. There opinions are different opinions. Lubavitchers keep only one day, Correct. for example. You know, so the tefillin thing's a big deal. So you know, that's why I'm saying it's a mitzvah daraisa. You know, and I'm, I'm sure you put on tefillin this morning. I was a mitzvah daraisa, right? Yeah, I see. You want to see the lines? <laughs> anyway, on my arm. So what's the most important thing about this conversation? There are going to be people with some free time during Cholomoid. It's a perfect opportunity to check, Take away my free time. <laughs> check, check out Makar Chaim to see the campus. And the truth is, honestly, if you go to the campus, you're going to see 400 other things you want to see on Cholomoid because you're surrounded by so many amazing communities and historical areas of Israel. So, so in, I would ask everyone to, to please come on Monday night to Neve Daniel to our uh, to our uh, nice. to our Hanukkah Tabayit. Right. It's on our website and our Facebook page, etc. Uh, but if you contact me, maybe I'll do favor to some holy Jews like Nachum Siegel <laughs> asked me a few months ago, <laughs> a half a year ago, uh, and uh, I will show you. Uh, the wonders of the our area. I but in all seriousness, aside from Monday night, if somebody wanted to come to see the campus, they could arrange that. Absolutely. You, so. They should call me, 917-929-8525. That gets me anywhere in the world, 917-929-8525, or yossi.makor at gmail.com. Contact me, and I'll try my best to leave my 30-plus grandchildren during Cholomite and uh, and enjoy taking time off with the uh, Just leave them at the, the pool. <laughs> the, we cl our sukkah is where the pool is, so we have to. Cl we terrible mistake. We fold up the pool. You think you made mistakes on the campus? That's a terrible mistake. Yeah, thirty day tshuva. We close the pool and we get ready for the holidays. Start focusing on the important things. Yeah. Uh, how many S's in Yassi? In Yassi dot makor. 
One or two? One. One S in Yossi. I have a degree in English literature, so I know that uh, if there's one S, it'd be uh, whatever. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I never thought about it. But it is Yossi. one. Yossi. No, it's two. Yossi. Oh, it's two. Y-O-S-S-I Thank dot you. makor, M-A-K-O-R at gmail.com. Thank you for asking, Nachum. 100%. I want to make sure we get it straight. That's all. So there you have it, folks. Be in touch with Yossi Baumel, especially if you're heading to Israel during Sukkot, because you want to be at one of the events, whether it's a Monday nighter, whether it's a Thursday morning in the Great Synagogue, or obviously if uh, if Yossi feels it's worthy, and I know there are people out there who will make it worth his while uh, for a private tour of the yeshiva and to visit there during I just want to say one last thing. When I bring people to the campus, I always take them on Derech Avot, and I show them the mikveh that was built there right. 25,000 we years ago. We and I tell them, the, it's true that the dedication plaque fell off in the last 25,000 years, <laughs> but what you dedicated 25,000 years ago on Derech Avot in the heart of Gush Etzion is still there, and we still have a lot of dedications in our new campus that we need people to help us out with. And I hope they will respond. And I wish you a ketiva and hopefully we'll see each other in Israel this year, Bezrat Hashem. When are you coming next? I think the next trip is uh, mid-December, Bezrat Hashem. Okay, great. So hopefully Looking we'll see forward each other. to seeing you. Thank you so much for having me in your new... Uh, an absolute pleasure. Okay, Always thank you. Okay, Shabbat Shalom, Ketiva V'chatima Tova, and all the best to all the Jewish people. Thank you very much, and best regards to the Rosenbergs. Yossi Babel, everybody. <laughs> Check out what's happening at Makar Chaim and be in touch with Yossi. It's a pretty easy. All you got to do is uh, go to Gmail. It's Y-O-S-S-I dot Makar, M-A-K-O-R, at gmail.com. More coming up at JM in the AM. <laughs> <laughs>